Episode 1 Laurie Lee, Sled Dog, Malloy The scene was a mess, the investigation started as a suspicious death, and the medical examiner labeled her death of natural causes, resulting in the case being closed. This happened in 1993 and was not considered a cold case until recently thanks to her daughter's efforts and I want to bring awareness to this case and tell the story. I am a natural question asker and a truth seeker. All questions and opinions are of my own. All links will be in the comments and transcript in the Discord. So sit back and let me tell you about Laurie Lee. Sled Dog. Malloy. Laurie was a free spirit which is how she got her nickname and where I am going. To start my story. She was so madly in love with a man she followed him to Alaska. She earned the name Sled Dog from an Aditarod winner. For anyone who doesn't know this is one of the biggest sled dog races in the world. So in my opinion I think this was a big deal to her seeing she carried the nickname her whole life. I could not find much about her life until she married in 1988. She married a man named Harry Marino, Scary Harry, whom she met in 1987. The wedding took place at her father's house in New Hampshire. In October of that same year she had to call the police for domestic issues. There was a letter that Harry wrote when he was in jail. She shortly filed for divorce after the incident which unfortunately would not be granted till after her death. Laurie met what would become her daughter's father Tommy in 1990. They bounced around to different places before her daughter was born. In 1991 the daughter was born and from what I have learned she was the light of Laurie's life. Laurie's split from Tommy in 1992, which seemed to be rocky at first but she knew that it would calm which she wrote in her daily planner. Laurie moved to her final place. In September 1992, on Hull Street in East Providence, Rhode Island. Living on the third floor, when you walked. In it was the living room which led into the kitchen with a hallway that ended at the bedroom and contained a bathroom off the hallway, off the kitchen was another bedroom. Officer Brito describes the apartment in his report. Henry Costa was the person who met the police when he called saying he hadn't spoken to his girlfriend for about a week. He told the dispatcher that he didn't know the address, only where the house was. The first officer on the scene tried to ring the doorbell but there was no answer. They rang the second floor and the door was answered by the downstairs neighbor who let them in. He told them he would reach his sister so she could find the key to the apartment. Upon arriving at Laurie's front door the officer noticed the door was slightly opened. Knocking and saying hello. The officer continued into the apartment hearing running water, and seeing tufts of hair everywhere. Making his way toward the sound of running water he saw Laurie's head in the doorway of the bathroom. He told Henry to leave and the officer contacted his sergeant. Laurie's body was unclothed and she was lying mostly on her left side, 
with bread all over her body, and the faucet was left running. There were tufts of hair all over the apartment and two drink glasses with what looked like some kind of food salad. The fridge was full of food but unplugged. Laurie had a bracelet of hair wrapped around her wrist. Some hair was between her fingers and toes on one foot. Evidence collected was things such as a towel with mucus on it, bedding, hair from everywhere, an address book, and light brown hair that was found in a baby sock and put into a shoe near the door. The apartment was left at 72 degrees according to the autopsy. It said she had a three-quarters inch recent bruise on the upper right arm and a few recent bruises on the upper thighs. Also her tox screen showed she had no substances in her system. Ems was called but upon seeing her could do nothing for her. The first officer who arrived and found Laurie even said in his report that she was obviously expired. Henry was brought to the station and arrested on suspicion of murder. In the interrogation, Henry stated that he had known Laurie for seven to eight years. That would put him meeting Laurie right before she got married sometime in 86 or 87. He also stated that the baby was 14 months, which was wrong. She was 18 months at this time. He stated that the last time he saw Laurie was when she called and asked him to drop Sigs off to her. He claimed he did not go upstairs. Also mentioned that there was an argument over use of illegal drugs, which he recanted later that it wasn't a real fight and included I never hit her for any reason, and had nothing to do with her death. Henry let the cops know that the argument had started last week. That's a long time to argue in my opinion, Henry also stated that Laurie was being seen at the Providence Center. Keep this in the back of your head. It will be brought up later. He brought up the drug dealer who he knew from his sister for 12 to 15 years. BHE did pick him out of a picture lineup but that is all I have to say about that because the dealer was never interviewed. Henry said that he went to Laurie's sister's house both Saturday and Sunday, after trying to call Laurie the last couple days. Henry also called her friend one, which is named Rebecca which she also did an interview and that will be talked about next. When he learned that no one could had gotten in touch with Laurie he called the police. Okay, the next person we are going to talk about is Rebecca. She also stated she has known Laurie for about seven years. Rebecca stated that her mother took in people that were referred to her. Laurie stayed there with them for about two years. On Tuesday or Wednesday Rebecca received a call from Laurie, she had said. She sounded groggy and giggled a lot. Rebecca assumed she was high so she asked what she took. Laurie said some pills that made her feel good. Rebecca stayed on the phone with Laurie between 32. 45 minutes, also stating that she couldn't say for certain that Laurie said someone else was there. She goes into that she wasn't alarmed and some of the history from her past, which I will let you
Read yourself if you like. She knew that the baby wasn't with Laurie at the time. Laurie stated she was going shopping with her mom on Monday and her sister had the baby. Now on Sunday Henry called around 10 a.m. asking if Laurie was with her. She did say Henry was her good friend too. Rebecca stated Henry said that he picked her up somewhere that previous Monday and took her to cash her check and buy drugs. If he was arguing about it, why did he take her to buy them? Rebecca felt something was wrong after the call, so she called the police. Rebecca claims that she waited about an half an hour and called back where she said she was told that Henry was there and they found Laurie. This puts a two-hour-ish gap between the call and calling the police. The other person that was interviewed by the police was her sister Allison. Here is what she said. She took Laurie's daughter on February 26, 93, which was planned. Laurie said she was not feeling well. She also claims that the last time she saw Laurie was on the 1st of March when she came to drop off extra clothes for the baby. Laurie said she was at the doctor's on the 25th or the 26th. On the 2nd she kept calling Laurie with no answer until the evening where she reported Laurie said she was really tired and slept all day. Laurie asked if her sister would pick her up the next day and help her run errands and go back to the doctors. The next day third Allison went to the house around 9 or 10 a.m. rang the doorbell and knocked but no one answered. Allison said she called Henry around 7 p.m. that night asking if he heard from Laurie. Allison kept trying to call her sister throughout the week Saturday Henry came around noon to ask if anyone had heard from Laurie. Henry said he was going by Laurie's house but came back an hour later and reported to Allison's boyfriend that Laurie did not answer. Allison had also asked Henry if he had keys but he didn't. On Sunday Henry came back around 11 a.m. asking Again if anyone had seen Laurie. Allison said that her sister had substance abuse issues and she said she was being treated at East Bay Mental Health. Also stated that she was on medication. 2. Okay. Henry is downstairs waiting on the porch. When an officer arrives he notices Henry on the porch, secures the scene and is told to take Henry to the police station. While with this, Officer Henry told the officer that he met Laurie from his stays at the IMH and that she was also there receiving treatment. Henry then told the officer that he went up to Laurie's apartment and saw human hair scattered everywhere and ventured no further because he was afraid of what he find. So he called the cops. Oh boy I have so many questions so let's get started and discuss this out. We shall of course start with the boyfriend Henry. The reason is that in my opinion he is the prime choice of people who could have done this and I will list the differences in what he told people. Let's start with Henry's timeline of events. Henry said he knew Laurie for seven to eight years. So it would be 86 or 87. 
Henry states that he last saw her on Monday, March 1, 1993, which was a week prior to him calling the police. He talked to her friends and went to her sister's house on Saturday and Sunday. Filling in the details from Allison and Rebecca we also know. Allison called Henry on Wednesday night and Henry called Rebecca Sunday morning. Also adding that Henry on Saturday after the visit to the sister went to the house and then was back in an hour to report he got no answer. From an officer we learn that Henry told them that he went to the apartment and walked right in, saw the hair ventured no further and ran out and called the cops. Why didn't he ever mention this in his interrogation? Why did he either leave the door open upstairs or lock the bottom door which would have had to be unlocked if he walked right in he knew he was calling the cops? I understand being arrested and booked especially if you are the innocent. Not party can be really stressful, but going over Saturday to see if he could get an answer, then going back to the sisters and going into the apartment before calling the cops kind of looks really suspicious so I also understand why they arrested him. Henry also tells us that Laurie's daughter is 14 months old but she was 18 months old at that time. Now why I find this weird is he didn't say she was a year or even a year and a half Henry said her age in months. So why if he was her boyfriend didn't he know the proper months her daughter was? Also Laurie moved there. In September she was there almost a year why didn't he know the address? I understand sometimes. You just know where a place is but if it was your boyfriend or girlfriend in a day and age when cell phones and GPS were in beginnings and you sure couldn't look at your screen to tell you what way to go is kind of hard to believe. Also know how I told you to remember that he said the Providence Center did you pick up that Allison said she was being seen at East Bay Mental Health. Honest mistake maybe. Allison stated in her interrogation that Henry went to her house on Sunday at 11 a.m. So why were the cops not called until 3 p.m. by Henry? In this interaction Allison told Henry she was going by the house to check again when Henry said he had already been there and was not going back. So what happened or where did he go in those four hours until the call to the police was made? I know people get flustered and it is not like it is today where contacting someone was instant. But if this was a week later and I had not found who I considered to be my partner, wouldn't I want to go directly to the cops? I mean by then he had talked to her friends and also her sister multiple times. There is one other thing that I question when it comes to Henry he stated that he knew the supplier's dealer sister for a long time. How close are they? Reason I am asking this is because there were tufts of hair throughout the apartment that usually is a girl thing. Not trying to be sexist but I have seen my fair share of street fights and never have I seen a guy grab another guy's hair, just the females. Again how close friends are they? There are Others that can be considered that are females in her life that could fit the theory of a girl.
fight. Rebecca did say that she didn't go that night but also included that Laurie spoke to her mom but never said her mom didn't go. Also a note I wanna throw in here too. I have no idea if the timeline is correct given by Henry about how long he knew Laurie. The reason I am bringing this into question is that in Laurie's planner she thought she had an apartment at the same address of the building. I know that this takes it out on a limb here but if he was lying and this was not someone she knew that long was he obsessed with her. Henry did admit to being in the apartment too. An officer before being brought down to the station for questioning and not mentioning it again. Sounds fishy and makes me think that Henry is the likely suspect in my opinion. Now in the phone. Call with Rebecca she stated that she talked to Laurie on Tuesday, Wednesday. She stated that Laurie sounded like she was on something and told Rebecca that she had taken a pill that made her feel good. She sounded groggy and giggly during the phone call that lasted a half an hour to 45 minutes. Rebecca said that she thought Laurie said someone was there but didn't know for sure. I also was wondering if her call was a normal thing or out of the blue and maybe I need help but can't tell you what kind of call. They did make small talk she said so could have just been a regular call. But she might just have possibly been the last person to speak with Laurie. Another question I do have is that I understand that not only was the conversation with Rebecca but also with her mother. Too. But if you were having trouble hearing and making out what someone was saying to you on the phone would you not think hey maybe I should call the police to do a wellness check on Laurie. I understand it she stated that she thought Laurie said that someone was there but if it was my friend. In that sort of way I either be on my way there or calling anyone I knew that could check to see. She is alright or just straight out call the police for a wellness check. I get that this was something normal for Laurie from Rebecca's point of view and understand why she did not think to do any of this. We know her sister Allison had her niece and had last seen Laurie on the first also. Allison talked to her sister on Tuesday evening, which her sister claimed Laurie said she was sleeping the whole day, where Laurie asked if she could get a ride from her sister the next day. Allison might have also been one of the last people who had spoken to Laurie. This to me tells me that most likely the crime could have taken place any time after Tuesday night seeing no one could say for sure if they talked to her or reached her Tuesday after 5 p.m. Rebecca was not certain on the day that she spoke to Laurie but I am guessing it was Tuesday. From the crime scene, there were tufts of hair all over the apartment but nothing said about if the place was in array. Also adding that in the autopsy said there were bruises on the arm and thighs. This again to me just screams. Female. I know I'm so sorry this is sexist but I stand by my prior comment. The way that she was. Laying on the bathroom floor with bread around her body. The fridge being unplugged. Faucet left. Running and the door cracked open. 
Were these just a way to throw off the investigation? The bread unless the person was super religious and thought that her sins needed to be cleansed by a sin eater before she could go where she was going. Yes this is a thing. And the link is below. The crime scene tells us that someone else was there. Two glasses and the food container. The door being open might not be valuable seeing Henry had stated that he was in the house prior to calling the cops. I have only questions when it comes to the fridge being unplugged because yes where it would start to stink when you open the fridge door. A closed door would not have promoted the smell as if the door was left open on purpose. Also the faucet running were they hoping to cause a flood to have the downstairs neighbor to have to come upstairs. So these two things make me think that the killer wanted lorries to be found. Now were things like the bread, faucet left running and the fridge unplugged just to throw the investigation off. If this was not planned, this could have been done as a result of a fight with someone. Then they freaked out about what they had done. Which it could have been I did not see any evidence that would make me think that it was planned. The next question I have is how didn't the people downstairs not hear anything? I understand that Laurie had a child but from the sounds of the scene that would have been more noise than a child would do. So were they out when this happened? This opens a whole line of questions. The biggest being how they heard nothing there but I will not go down that road. They were not interviewed that I found so I will not go beyond asking why they did not hear anything. There is also the possibility of the ex-husband. If you go read the letter that he sent to her there seems to be no malicious intent. But you never know he was jailed for putting his hands on her. Lorries. Divorce was going on for at least three years. Again this is someone who was not interviewed so this would be pure speculation. The letter at the bottom of the link for unsolved re. However even though I do not find any malicious intent, there are still things to take into consideration. The letter can present this way because all correspondents from the jail have their letters read before being sent. I do want to point out he did say in his letter that she will see him in a couple of months or in two years. Including this has to be done and states that it is her choice. He then goes on to refer to two people by nickname. One of these people at the time lived upstairs from her and another that was just known from around. I bring this up because even though Rhode Island is a small state, was this a threat? We don't even know what the relationship was with these two people. One of the people that was mentioned also lived above her and now was sitting in jail with her ex. Was this his way of getting around the reading of his letter to make it look innocent? Enough. I can imagine being the person receiving the letter and not thinking I am safe with the mention of the guy upstairs. Another person that was not interviewed who can be discussed is Thomas. Kelly the baby's dad. They seem to be having a rocky start to their custody arrangement of their daughter. I am going out on a limb here to say that it is my experience and understanding that a 
Parental split does come with a lot of troubles especially being the other parent that does not have the child. It is hard to deal with the emotions of having your child there one day and gone the next due to relationship problems. From the sounds of it they were having a hard time and he did file paperwork to either get custody or try to protect his daughter from people or situations. So, again just my opinion here seeing this is another person was not interviewed by the police during the time of the investigation. Also to note in the interview with Henry he brings Thomas up but even stated that he did not think he even knew Laurie's address. Unfortunately due to a bad M.E. who was filling in for Rhode Island at the time who fudged records this case was closed with no further investigation. Her daughter has fought long and hard to get her mother's case opened and reinvestigated. Now Laurie is finally listed as a cold case thanks to all her hard work. In the links below I include the TikTok that Laurie's daughter has made where she goes more in depth of the story of her mom, including a female that got into contact with her that started her onto her path. Tell me the feeling you are left with at the end of her TikTok series on her mom. I hope that this left asking you questions like it did for me. I am hoping that this episode gets out there so maybe it can jog someone's memory and we can finally get to solving this cold case. Please feel free to leave any comments or input. I will also be in the comments replying to any input or question that you may have. Thank you for the time you took to listen to the story of Laurie Lee, Sled Dog, Malloy. All links will be left in the comment section. The transcripts will be dropped on the Discord I have set up for this podcast and also for open discussions. Episode 1, Laurie Lee, Sled Dog, Malloy.